Hello and welcome back to the Muse podcast. I am your host, Yasmin Kelly, also known as Yas Muse. This is season four, episode one, the adult ramifications of childhood abuse. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And if you're new here, welcome. This season is going to be a lot different than my past seasons because this time around, I'm going to have guests co-hosting with me. This way, the conversations have a varying amount of perspectives and all in all just feels more inclusive. For today's episode, we have a very special guest and a very good friend of mine, Miss Brittany Bass. Brittany is an entrepreneur here in Houston, Texas. Brittany, please tell everyone a little bit about you and your background, where you come from, you know, who, who you are. Well, hello, everyone. As Yasmin said, my name is Brittany. And although she said I'm an entrepreneur, I would like to clarify that I'm an aspiring entrepreneur. So (laughs) my brand is still currently in the works, you know, but of course, I love the way she spoke it into existence. We love being intentional with our words, right? However, aside from that, I was born and raised right here in Houston, Texas, I am happily married to my best friend. He is truly amazing. Um, I come from a background of being my mother's only child, who is also my best friend, by the way. So shout out to her. (laughs) (laughs) And then being my dad's oldest of six. So with that being said, I grew up associating more as an only child just because I wasn't fairly close with my siblings, but that's pretty much the dynamic of who I am and a little bit about my background. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Well, one new thing that I want to introduce in my episode is asking my guests, you know, how they really are. Like, 2023... I mean, 2023 was a lot better than 2022 and 2021, 2020. The struggle was You know what I mean? But um, I feel like this was um, an impactful year for everyone, per se. And I don't know. Life just seemed so much more vibrant and just real. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, how are you? How's it going? How do you feel? Hmm. It's, it's, you know, it feels good that you've asked that question because I think sometimes like when life is lifing, obviously you kind of get caught in the wind and you don't really take a moment to just really ask yourself even like, how are you mentally? And so I think really the best way to put how I really am is that I'm taking things one day at a time. Yeah. Like I think some days I feel everything all at once, right? Right. And then other days I don't feel much of anything. Yeah. So it's almost like trying to develop a balance with just your mental health and your real life as far as your priorities and, and the things that you really have to go hard for. Yeah. So um, yeah, some days I'm okay and some days I'm not okay. But today I feel good. I feel really good. I am so honored and I'm just happy to be a part of this this podcast. Yeah, so. well, I'm happy to have you and you you look great and your energy is amazing and I'm happy to have you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much, as do you. So today we are going to be discussing an extremely important matter, guys. Um, something that I believe isn't really discussed openly enough, um, which is the adult ramifications of experiencing childhood abuse, mm-hmm. but more specifically childhood sexual abuse. So this is like a, um, I just want to start this episode off with a trigger warning for anyone out there who may feel like this is a sensitive topic for them. Um, just know that we're getting really deep into things about sex, mental health, sexual abuse, trauma, things like that. So I did want to give a disclaimer to those out there. Um, so to break this down a little, you know, I just want to get into the very real everyday effects of how something so traumatic as a child can also impact us as adults. Um, personally for me, um, as I've gotten older, the traumatic effects of experiencing childhood abuse, it just gets louder and, and more apparent. 
Um, you know, and so as I strive for peace at the same time, it has exposed like the darkest parts of myself. Mm. Um, and I feel like I'm clearing out what no longer serves me, but it's ironically bringing up a ton of baggage and we're grown, you know what I mean? So like we have no choice but to address it and face it. Um, so for me, this has shown up primarily in my interpersonal relationships, um, with others, whether it be romantic or platonic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Brittany, I kind of want to, you know, get into your your story a little bit about, you know, experiencing childhood abuse and, and what that was like for you. So, um, yeah, what, what was your story about? Yeah, so first I just want to lead with the fact that obviously this is a very, you know, touching topic for me. And I think coming from a situation where I was always so quiet about it and suppressing my thoughts and my emotions and just the realness of what transpired has been very difficult for me to navigate. So just want to kind of lead with that and I want to kind of allow my emotions to flow. So if they do flow, you guys just bear with me. (laughs) But but nonetheless, um, unfortunately, at the tender age of about six to seven, possibly even five, of course, you try to suppress so much that you can't really pinpoint an exact age, right? right? And so um, basically, a man who was married into the family to one of my great aunts molested me on a multitude of occasions. And so as a kid, right, you kind of you know what that is, but you don't know what that is, right. you know? And so it puts you in this space of feeling confused. It puts yeah. you in this space of feeling like, oh, maybe this is the right thing. And, and, and you know, kind of giving you a different feeling, right. which is very hard to um, just understand and navigate as a young girl such a young at, at yeah. such a young age, you yeah. know? And so um, for years and years on end, I really just suppressed the thoughts and the memories, Mm -hmm. you know, almost trying to make it seem as if it never happened, as if I was, you know, dreaming like, oh, no, this this really couldn't have happened to me, you know? Yeah. And so um, I just I think it eventually started to get to a point to where I felt like. I needed some form of an outlet, you know, being Mm -hmm. the only child, not really having any people in my exact age group to kind of, you know, kind of take my mind off of certain things. I leaned towards writing poetry. And so um, in the seventh grade, I remember writing one of my very first poems called What Lies Beneath a Broken Heart. Mm. And so that was like a transition period for me to kind of like use that as an outlet to just say, okay, no, this was a real event. This really did happen to you, but still not having the courage to come out and talk about it to anyone else. You know what I mean? And so I really, really struggled and I suffered in silence for a very, very long time. And so it wasn't until I was 23 years old after have living in Los Angeles that I one day just gained the courage to finally speak to my mom about it. And yeah. And so from there, that's when everything kind of that wound opened up again and then it unraveled. And then now we're here today. And of course, like I've skipped some things, but that's the, you know, that's the story. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. It's not always (laughs) easy. This topic for me and for most people, it's not always easy to yeah, talk about, right? For sure. And so it just gets to a point to where you really have to take take your pace, like take your own pace for sure. Yeah. But understand the importance of not silencing your voice. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So so That's today for me is just a really it's gonna be a heartfelt day. Mm-hmm. Like my heart is beating fast right now because <laughs> I'm really trying to, you know, like just control my emotions. Yeah. But um, but I feel really good about this. So Happy so yeah. So thank you. Of course. <laughs> so um, I'm curious to know how do you think like your trauma has impacted the way you relate to other people. Mm. I think that's a really great great question, right? And so. I would have to say that my trauma has definitely impacted my ability to relate to other people on a multitude of levels, but I would definitely have to say it's made me very 
closed off in some areas. Mm. Um, I'm not easy to, to trust. And so I have this guard that I put up, right, as, yeah. a, as a form of protection, as a form of defense, because I'm just too afraid to let anybody really get close to me. Yeah. And so, you know, being an adult now and, and the age that I am, that's really hindered me in a, in a lot of ways. You know, in some situations I have maybe severed relationships with, with no real thought behind it because that has just become easy for me to do. Right. You know? And so it has definitely been a struggle. It's been a tug of war of just trying to figure out how I can let that guard down, how I can be open, how I can be more vulnerable, how yeah. I can be transparent, you know? Mm-hmm. So it has really been an emotional roller coaster, if I'm being honest. And after experiencing abuse, I mean, you were, you know, from five to seven, at such a young age, you're not even really understanding what exactly took place. You're not understanding the roles of men and women and what that looks like in your life. But how did your experience color your perception of men? Like, what was your overall, like, idea of what a man was oh, at that point? That That's a really, really great question. I mean, obviously, with that happening at such a very young age, it was still very difficult for me to process, process that situation yeah. while also trying to understand how that may have skewed my version of, of how I see men. Mm. And so I would say that up until I was about maybe like in a, a freshman in high school is when I started to understand that I didn't view men as being trustworthy beings. Mm. I did not allow them into my space. I, it was very difficult for me to connect with them mm. on on any type of level, and especially romantically. Mm. You know, yeah. like I, I never, I just wasn't in a space of feeling like I wanted a man to be in my presence. Right. And so, having that happen, that definitely just made me feel like, oh my god, like. You don't think you know that all men are not bad, right? Yeah. But but when you when something like that happens to you, and then unfortunately, I didn't always have a close relationship with my dad, so he was not there to also help me navigate my perception of yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To, to to kind of change that perspective of how I view men. So so for sure, it tainted my perspective of men in a very a very straining way. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. I can definitely agree um, and resonate. I remember, I remember the day when we sat in the plant shop, and I kind of just, you know, I don't know how the conversation got there, but we were just going deep, and it organically flowed. Yeah, you know, for us to have just met and to just be so open about something yeah. so touchy. Honestly, yeah. like we were, we were just ready to get raw right oh there. My God, really. <laughs> But it felt it felt right. It did. It did. It did not feel like this forced forced need to connect. No. Or we were, it wasn't like we were trying to figure out ways to connect. Like no. We literally, was getting to know each other, and, and it came out. And so you know um, that we share that you know story in common. Um, for me, um, I was sexually abused at eight years old. Mm. Um, by a family member, a very close family member. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe that it, it, I have an inability to deeply connect with others now. Mm-hmm. And I think at that age, I was so confused. Like my Absolutely. general just thought process was confusion. I did mm-hmm. not know what to think, what to feel, how to feel, especially because in my situation, I was threatened, Mm. you know, so I was immediately silenced because of the threat. And as a young girl, someone's threatening your life, you're going to follow suit, you know what I mean? And so I always felt like, like, that's when my disassociate, like, phase kind of began, Mm. um, I always saw myself as a character playing in a bigger movie or something. Like yeah. I was never really connected to Present myself. With yourself. At, yeah. After that, it was yeah. like I was almost watching myself from the outside, like in. an outer body experience. Yes, absolutely. Like life just became yep. this outer body thing for me. Like mm-hmm. I feel like that person robbed me of being present in my body. Absolutely. So not only did it fuck up my trust with 
others, it, it really put a dent in the trust with myself. Absolutely. Because I didn't, I didn't, I had no recollection of who I was after mm. that point. So I would definitely say that, um, I had a lack of trust in others and a lack of trust in myself. Mm. Um, I think it also made me sexually curious at a very mm. young age also. Okay. Probably beyond my years. Right. Um, just really interested in, in, in understanding, one, what just happened to me, and two, what does this mean, right? right? So I think I like was gravitating towards sexual images and mm. sexual content and i think i became hypersexual hypersexual yeah. you know and um yeah so that's that's kind of um your story my story yeah. you know and and the go ahead yeah, no, go ahead, please yeah. no no i was gonna say and the crazy thing about just having endured such trauma at such young ages and just having endured that type of sexual abuse in any capacity it's it it really does something to you to where you not only disassociate with yourself, yeah. but it puts you in this space of of kind of going down this rabbit hole, right? Yeah. And so it, it becomes very difficult for you to know how to one navigate your emotions, trust men, um, it, a multitude of things, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it's just so unfortunate that so many people have this situation in common like it's so unfortunate and so just listening to you speak like there's so many things about what you've said that I can resonate with unfortunately right and it kind of just paints this idea and this picture that we genuinely people are not having these tough conversations enough no one's talking like, about this no one's talking about <laughs> it everybody wants to sweep it under the rug as if it didn't happen as if, taboo, as if right? oh this is supposed to be a family thing this shouldn't be discussed like, in hush, public hush. yeah like no. so hush hush about it and and they don't really understand what that does to the person who's endured this right, right? the victim in this you already right? have been silent so long silenced and then it's <laughs> almost like you're putting forth that protection to protect the predator versus me who's been tainted who's had a piece of me stripped away that i am fighting so desperately to get back yeah it's 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 very difficult so wouldn't you say that due to the trauma you've experienced that you kind of had to mature quickly oh oh my god absolutely yes i would i would have to agree with that a thousand times over i mean what that does to you mentally psychologically Again, you don't understand because you're at such a young age, right? right? But you are at that age a sponge. And so you're soaking up so many things. And so you are really smart. You just haven't gotten to a full space of being able to kind of unravel things and and make sense of them. But then once you get to that age and you're able to do that, it's just this... It's crazy. Like it's it's really crazy. And I remember you I remember you used to share with me um how often you were you just were extremely mature for a very young age. That was something you had gotten a lot as a child growing up. Absolutely. Even when I first met you, like just the way you carry yourself and present yourself and how you kind of um get through problems and yeah. handle conflict. Like it's always like light years ahead of others. And I think that that's a, that tells a lot about what we've gone, gone through, through as kids, you know. Yeah. I've always gotten the same thing. Like, you're really mature for your age. You're so wise yeah. behind your ears and you're an old yes, soul. the trauma. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> and people don't really know what, that, what it feels like to weigh that burden of having to yeah. adapt to that level of maturity at such, such a, a young, young age. age. Yeah, and we were I just, agree. We were just talking about that today at breakfast, how, like, we were just kind of, like, as kids getting up and just going to school and doing yeah, our thing and doing just like acting thing. like nothing was wrong yep. like and so didn't do you feel like this developed a like a hyper independence within you like do yeah. you think that you need to like do it all on your own yeah it really puts you in this space of feeling like you have to be a shero you know yes. it, it, like you have to have Speak it all it. figured out like you and and it really makes you out of touch with like who you really are because then you spend all this time thinking about well geez am i really this poised person do yeah, i really right? have it all figured out am i really this strong right. you know like it oh, really it starts to make you really 
really think about, well, who am I really? Because yeah. that part of you has been robbed. So is the maturity just a a face that I'm putting on yeah. because it helps me navigate what I've gone through? Yeah. Or, you know, like, it I mean, like a trauma response. It to is. To be hyper-independent. Absolutely. Like, we had no choice but to be hyper-independent yep. because we something traumatic happened to us at such a young age and we had no choice but to hold it in. Yep. That matures you in astronomical Oof. ways that oh my God. no one even knows. We yep. are holding on to a burden so heavy and these uh, little bodies of ours you oops. know what i mean so i think i can agree with you in a way where like i just always felt like i didn't need no one yeah growing up like yeah. i just and and then i watched my mom kind of handle life all on her own oh, yep. you know what i mean and so along with watching her be independent having to be independent within myself i had no no one could I had no one to coddle the emotions that I was experiencing at a little girl, as a little girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I always felt like I had to figure it out on my own. I was getting up every day going to school on my own, you know, uh, brushing my teeth, fixing my breakfast, yep. taking the bus, especially growing up in New York. Like it was, I was super independent and it has rolled over into my adult life now where I've had to teach myself to ask for help. Help. Yep. To extend that hand, to open to up your open mouth. Up yep. My mouth to Absolutely. ask for help. And yep. that is the that is the sweetest thing that I've been able to uh, learn about myself in mm. life and allow people to love me yep. and to allow people to help, help me. Because yep. we need each other. Yep. You know, but I think experiencing something like that at such a young age, you think, well shit, I got through this what do what I can need? I not get through? What can I yeah. not get through? What yeah. can I not navigate? And what do I need anybody else for? Right. It, it, yeah. It taints, okay. uh, it, it does a lot of tainting to the mental, the physical, yeah. the spiritual, the emotional, yeah. everything. Yeah. It taints almost every aspect of who you are down to your core. It really does. So how familiar are you with attachment styles? So I wouldn't say I'm like super duper familiar, right? Okay. I think, you know, um, TikTok, social media yeah. has kind of introduced this thing of kind of just laying things out on the table. And so I've heard things about attachment styles. And so um, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I know a little bit, but yeah. I'm not an expert. So I'm going to, I'm going to have you take a quiz after our podcast. Okay. But, um, <laughs> to me, good. to me, you give me, um, the avoidant attachment mm. style. Okay. So my attachment style is anxious avoid of anxious avoidant. Okay. So when you are an anxious avoidant, you are someone when you are connecting to someone, you are generally anxious about the connection and you don't want to do the wrong thing, you don't want to say the wrong thing. You really want this person, you really want this connection. Mm. But on the other hand, being avoidant at the sign of anything going wrong, you're like, fuck you. Oh, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I don't need you. Yeah, absolutely. So my attachment being style, being hyper-independent and going through what I experienced, um, as well as having a, a, a the lack of a father in, in the household, I developed that anxious attachment style where it's mm. like... I want to be with you. I really want to be with you. And I think we need each other. But actually, fuck you. Right. Right. <laughs> and I don't need you. And I'm good. So and, what? Yeah. You yeah. know? <laughs> so I, I think you got to have the avoidant uh, attachment style. But there, it, it's so complex. And I think it really... Um, I try not to do the label thing too often because, child, we all don't know nothing at the end of the day. Right. And there's so many labels. <laughs> there's so like, many things. You can resonate there's so, with many so many different titles things. Yeah. and stuff. But yeah. it's kind of helpful to have a better understanding of your, of what, of how you are in yeah. relation to other people. It Absolutely. really does. I think that kind of increases your level of self-awareness awareness you know for what I mean? sure yeah um, yeah starting with the basics i can agree with that well i'm happy to take that quiz i think yeah. that'll definitely introduce me to something that I'm, i probably don't even know exactly you know? So, yeah. yeah okay all right <laughs> i'm looking forward so i kind of want to take a trip down memory lane with you kind of I'm, I'm one of those people who i really like to explore the the teenage version of you okay. the, the the you who was the before you turn 21 and can have your first legal drink, drink you know yeah. like i'm always curious about people's upbringings what sixth grade was like for you were you bullied did you have a best friend like i'm obsessed with that <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so i'm curious to know like if you can just like tap into the britney at six seven eight whatever you know 
Did yeah. you were you paranoid? Did you have flashbacks? Like, did you experience anxiety? Were you yeah. angry? Yeah. Uh, were you depressed? Like, where, like kind of paint a timeline for me. Absolutely. Okay. And and sometimes, guys, so bear with me. <laughs> I tend to get so deep into my thoughts that I may like lose myself on connecting the dot. Okay. But, um, but we're gonna do we're gonna do my best. <laughs> we're gonna do my best. But no, I think that that's a really great. Uh, talking point because at the end of the day I can recall when that situation transpired I was a very timid girl as as a little girl Mm -hmm. I was very timid I was very shy I think to this day sometimes I'm still shy but um after that happened to me and because it happened more than once I remember that timidness turning into me feeling alone Mm. and feeling sad and feeling lost, you know? Mm. I think, um, again, being the only child, not always having someone there to be my confidant or to kind of just maybe, um, you know, talk to, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it definitely... I went through a roller coaster of emotions, but being being timid, being that young little girl, having that happen to me and then navigating into understanding what had actually happened to me by, let's just say, maybe age eight to nine, I think I started really understanding like, okay, something bad happened to you. Mm. At an age where you didn't really know what to do with that or how to navigate it. And so at age eight and nine is when I started to kind of go down this roller coaster of like, do I say something? Like mm. what, 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 what is the next course of action for Brittany? Like how do you get yourself out of this space of feeling like you're suffering in silence and yeah. you're feeling suffocated, you yeah. know? So I remember feeling that, those emotions for sure around eight to nine mm. and then I want to say from nine on up, that's when I really started becoming more into a young lady, right? Okay. I, I was I was always really mature for my age. So that's when I really started like just understanding things a whole lot more. So a lot of angriness started kicking in. That timid little girl that I used to be, she was no longer. Like mm. that she she was long gone. So it was like a, one day a switch just went off. Oh, wow. And I'm trying to think, I really want to say... One instance that I can for sure resonate with was in the fifth grade, I got like into a bully situation. Okay. So I was slapped in the face by a girl who was much bigger than me, much taller than me. And mind you, I was still in that phase of being timid. Mm. But I remember associating that moment with never wanting to feel that vulnerable again, Mm. never wanting to feel that taken advantage of and that helpless again. So I remember that situation in particular being one of the things that aided me to making, to having that switch go off one Mm. day where I just chose to be different. Mm. But but again, I'm navigating a whole situation that I've not told anyone. So right. nobody knows about it. I, I only know I was very young. And so it, it almost it, it went to this thing of me being not only angry, but me feeling like, OK, well, I'm just not going to need people. Like, okay, like, you know, I meet a person or uh, somebody comes into my life and it's just like, okay, whatever, you know, I don't have to put forth any effort to keep this friendship or keep this relationship. Like, it just really started making me become extremely out of touch with who I was. Mm. And all along, I thought, oh, I was just this very strong person who didn't really take any crap and who, you know, like was really finding her way. But along the way, I was also losing sight of who I really was and and that's why today I think I struggle so much with who is Britney really Mm. like who am I really down to my core I know what I've portrayed myself to be over the years like I didn't want to be timid I didn't want to be scary I didn't want to have that feeling of depression so I then started to just suppress everything and so with suppression comes anger with anger comes running you know like I think a a big part of me moving to Los Angeles California at 19 like I was in school I was attending Texas State University and I decided to withdraw myself from school and talk to my my mom about moving to Los Angeles yeah. to which I did but again I can now sit back and say all of those things were me running from a situation mm. that was constantly tugging at my brain constantly yeah. tugging at my heart constantly putting me in a depression constantly having me feeling like Brittany what are you doing I don't know what I'm doing so I think I'm just gonna run yeah yeah so it it, it 
that really led to a multitude of stages. But ultimately, I think even right now today, I am very angry. I I have not yet healed. Mm. I am still trying to navigate my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions. I am still trying to get in tune with that little girl who I feel like was stripped and robbed of her intimacy at yeah. such a young age. Yeah. Like that has really done a number on my mental health. So depression, anger, and also Depression and anger intertwined with optimism and positivity is like where I am today. Okay. I'm trying to fight for my peace of mind. I'm trying to take back what I feel like was stolen from me. I'm just having a hard time juggling doing that because again, I'm not an expert. I've yet to see a therapist. Yes, I've come out about what's happened, but this is a whole process, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm not sure if I kind of answered yeah. your, you know. So tell me a little bit about who you told first. Oh, okay. And I would I remember us talking about you having a positive therapy experience. Yes. So I would like to know about that. Absolutely. So my mom was the first person I told. I was 23 years old, and I remember this day like the back of my hand. Like I can, as I'm talking about it, the pictures it. I can see it. <laughs> I can literally see it. And so I was laying in the bed with my mom, and I just mustered up the courage, and I laid there, you know, with kind of similar to right now, you know, with the emotions coming all at once. Mm. And so I just kind of, with tears in my eyes, I told her, you know, like. Mom, you know, something happened to me as a little girl. And my mom is like, oh, my gosh, she's my heart in human form. Like, yeah. she's just so sweet. She's so amazing. And so she instantly went into panic and, you know, just worry mode. Yeah. Like, what happened, you know? And so I was able to kind of tell her that such and such molested me at a very young age and of course I went into descriptive detail you know him being in having on no clothing being in his underwear Mm. sorry take your time hunching me touching my breast rubbing his private areas up against my private areas Mm. kissing me Um, having the door closed in a dark room with a fan up in the corner. Like I can remember the details just so vividly. And so I kind of went into those details with my mom. And so of course my mom, that being the first time that she's hearing something like this, she's trying to one, be strong for me while feeling all of the emotions at once, anger, sadness. How could I have missed that? You know, like so many things just spiraling in that moment. And so, of course, there are so many details. And of course, we would be here forever for me to touch on every single detail. But from that moment of me opening up and telling her, that was like maybe the afternoon. So it was still early in the day. By the end of that day, my mom had already got on the phone, contacted my great aunt to ask her to come over. Mm -hmm. She came over. I explained to her what happened. And, um, of course, like you're telling this person this about somebody who plays a big part in their life. Right. Right. And so not once did she make me feel like, um, you know, she didn't believe me or anything like that, but I do think that she was so hurt that she wanted it to be like a dream, you know, it was almost like, you know, are you, are you, you sure you weren't dreaming? And, you know, Mm. that kind of response while also still making me feel like, She hears me. She sees me. And so I was very open, honest, vulnerable with her about knowing exactly what happened to me Mm. and when it happened and how it happened. And so from that moment, she went home and she gathered him to then come back to that to the house again. So I think because I had just came out about it and because I didn't want to give him any power over me. I literally faced him in such a graceful, poised, just I'm going to show you that you're not breaking me type of way, demeanor, that when he came, I didn't cry, couldn't couldn't cry, like no tears would, no emotion really. It was just me gracefully speaking about what happened. Mm -hmm. And so he admitted that that he did those things and that he did not. 
he didn't think that I remembered. Mm. And so I remember in that moment, knowing that his response just validated all the hate that I had festering up in my heart, because Mm -hmm. it's like, you know what you did as a grown, grown man. I mean, I was five, six, seven. And mind you, he was late thirties. Maybe, you know, I I don't want to get the age wrong, but he was well over his thirties, maybe into his forties. So you were well aware of what you were doing for all those years, never spoke up, never said anything because you simply thought I did not remember. Right. So I remember in that moment, my heart did shatter a little bit when he said that. But again, I couldn't break character. I couldn't break face because I did not want him to feel like he had any more power than he had already had mm. for 17 plus years, yeah. you know? And so he, he did apologize. Yeah, he, you know, he apologized, but it wasn't the type of apology that, that was moving by any mm. means. It was almost just like, let me say this to because it sounds good. Because you got know? caught up. Because now you know that this little girl remembers what you did and she's she's telling it, she's saying it, and you really don't even know how to respond. So I never really felt anything genuine from him. I never mm. really felt that he was truly sorry because how can you be sorry for something that's one, not a mistake? You are well aware of what you're doing as a grown man to to literally take something from a child that they will never be able to get back, right. you know? Yeah. And so you know what that is. So that's one, not a mistake, but he didn't even have the type of remorse that could have given that that could have allowed me to give him an ounce of empathy like even if I had that in me to give which I don't and still don't that's not even what he gave in his response so it was kind of just like you know yeah you're you're being honest about it because you have no choice your back is up against the wall yeah but um I just remember not really feeling anything in that moment. You know, I, I, I thought that that was going to make me feel a weight lifted. And maybe a part of me did feel a weight lifted. But, you know, he apologized. And then they left from the house. And then it was almost like the cycle just continued, right? Like I never really sought the proper therapy after that. Um, I would have conversations with my mom and my grandmother. And of course, I had a lot of sleepless nights, uh, even still today. I have a lot of sleepless nights, you know, just crying myself to sleep, trying to figure out, you know, oh, what's next or what do I do? And then I think the the biggest part that hurts me is because, and I mentioned this early on in the podcast, but I am married to a wonderful man. Um, He is so loving, so caring, but I have been tainted in such a sexual way that that impacts my ability to be intimate with my husband, you know? Yeah. And so it's a lot to unpack, right? Like when you're talking about this life-changing event and how it literally alters every single, everything, everything. And so um, today I am just navigating emotions that I am still bringing to the surface. Like this conversation today is probably maybe the, third time that I've or maybe second time that I've really dug this deep into the in, yeah. the encounter yeah. you know and so um I am just still struggling I'm trying to find my way and I'm trying to take things one day at a time but that is kind of like the timeline of how things happened and 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 you know how I was feeling during those moments and how I came out about it and there are details that are being missed right but but yeah. that is like the synopsis of everything but I I just don't think that I'm ever going to be in a space where I am genuinely able to heal until I figure out how I can authentically voice and hold him accountable for what he did. Yeah. Because still today, I feel like he's getting off without consequence. Yeah. And I don't think that that's fair. And I struggle with that because I never want to operate from a place of revenge. I never want to operate from a place of hatred, right? Yeah. But why do I, as a little girl, all the way up until now, have to continue protecting somebody that didn't make it a point to protect me? Right. Why do I have to act with so much grace and maturity and be the strong person to, to kind of save someone else? 
at this point, I'm in a space of wanting to save myself. Yeah. And I'm trying to get in touch and get aligned with how I can go about doing that from the most peaceful, tranquility space I can possibly navigate in. Yeah. And so that's kind of like where I am today with things. Well, I think that's beautiful. You know, I think your story is really remarkable. And just the woman that I see in front of me, you know, I, I'm just so proud. And I am grateful. And I think <clears throat> that you deserve way more than you give yourself. And you are extremely strong. And I know that's such a like common thing that black women yep. get, the being strong, strong thing. Yeah. And sometimes we don't want to fucking be strong. Yeah. You know what I mean? But your strength is admirable. And I think you're so brave. I think you're so brave and so bold. And, um, and with you saying that, Yasmin, I just want to take this moment to express not only my gratitude for who you are and what you've done in such a short time of knowing you in my life, but just... Just your way of like extending your, your, you being present in my moments, your way of extending your support, your way of extending your authenticity, your way of allowing me to feel seen and heard. I am so very grateful to have you as a friend, to have you as a sister. Like, I appreciate you more than maybe sometimes I'm even able to express, but. And just the short time that we've known each other, and it hasn't been short now. It's actually been I know, a year. Yeah, our we year came anniversary. Up, yeah, we came <laughs> up on our year friend anniversary in August. Yes. Was it the eighth? Uh, I fifth? think it was August eighth. Yeah, yeah, it was August eighth. Uh-huh. I think, or that was our <laughs> approximate. Day. Right, that was yeah, our week. Yeah, but but the same way that you feed that life into me, I just want to remind you to continue being beautiful, continue being bold, continue being powerful. You are so amazing in more ways Aww, than one. Like stop. sometimes that I think you even realize, like honestly, and so. This, I am just so happy for you for restarting a chapter that you are very passionate about. Yeah. And, and I genuinely wish you all the best with this podcast and, and all your future endeavors. Thank like, you. You're amazing. Seriously. You're so sweet. Y'all, y'all hear Brittany? Y'all hear Brittany? <laughs> but I, I definitely, you know, I, I share a lot of, of what you experience and just hearing you talk and express your anger and your frustrations and all the different emotions it really does it, it kind of helps sort out my own emotions and feelings and, and thought processes towards you know what I experience and yeah. so like for me after the event happened in my life mm-hmm. I had to kind of live in the same space with mm. my abuser mm. you know what I mean and so I didn't get a chance to process shit. Uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? So my short term um, uh, symptoms, I would say, Mm -hmm. after the event, I experienced like traumatic PTSD, Mm -hmm. right? So like one thing that I can remember is that loud noises would trigger me into a panic Mm -hmm. and like if like and I was living in LA at the time, right? Mm. When I started to get like the uh, brunt of the uh, PTSD symptoms, and so we would have earthquakes, and earthquakes would trigger the fuck out of my PTSD. Trucks, loud car honk, like um, honks, honks um, yeah. and people knocking on the door. I mean, you were just triggered in so many ways. My God, I remember just run. I would sprint, Brittany, to a room and hide, and my heart would just be beating and it would take a couple like you know minutes for me to really like calm myself down right mm-hmm. so i experienced that for about even helicopters planes like yeah. anything it was so crazy so i had experienced that for about a year mm. right yeah and then after that i was my family was going through so much shit. I mean, we were homeless twice. Wow. You know what I mean? We were always going through some type of financial stressors. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I did not have a time to think about me. Yeah. Whatsoever. I can agree. And yeah. um, a lot of my focus was protecting my mom. Like, yeah. I, my sole focus was on 
she has been through so much this lady how could i how could i reveal this to her how could i devastate her even further by telling her this is what happened to me so a lot of my mental health is now coming out right i'm 28 and so now i have this beautiful apartment this beautiful independence this beautiful freedom and now all the fuck shit is coming up because yep. I, I've created this space for myself. This this is all I've ever dreamed about yeah. was having this safe space, right? Yeah. So now at twenty eight, from I could I would say the ages of like twenty five mm-hmm. to like now, I've experienced the worst of my mental health, mm. just depression, anxiety, mm. suicidal ideation, suicidal attempts. You know, and, and and it's all coming out at this big age of 28. And it's because I didn't have time to even, I didn't process, to process. what happened to you. There was no, there was no time. It was just back to back trauma happening. Yeah. Like, so now <laughs> it's like ripping the bandaid off. Absolutely. Now you're, fi- now it's almost like what happened to you just happened it just to happened. you and you're right. feeling everything right now. Yes, exactly. Yes. And, um, you know, I I held it in. So the first time I actually revealed what happened to me, I was 15 years old. This had to be in 10th grade in high school. And it was to a friend, a really close girlfriend of mine. And um, we were in the park and we were talking and we were just having a real moment. And for the first time in seven years, I verbalized what happened to me and me and her just hugged and cried and cried. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was a weight lifted off of me. But I think the trauma I've been through has created such a fucking warrior. Like mm-hmm. I am a, a, a soldier. Yeah. And, I was, and I felt like I was stronger as a, as a child. Like teenage Yasmin, Young Yasmin, she like I was like what? Who yeah. wanted? Yeah, run it up. Yep, line up. Angry. Like yep. you know what I'm saying? I was yep. I was ready that, to fight the world. I was ready to fight. Yep. Like I was a very angry girl. I was yep. very like that was. If you could ask anybody who knows me in high school, yeah, they knew that I was that Yasmin is like you don't want to fuck with Yasmin. Yeah. You know what I mean? But as I started to free myself from my abuser. When I went to college, I had space from the right. abuser. When I moved to Houston, I have space from the abuser. Yeah. So all of these things are coming up now. Mm-hmm. I have space to process what happened to me. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So um, I actually, this year was the year <laughs> that I finally came out to my family mm. um, after 20 years. Mm. Of no one in my family knowing mm. that someone that is in their bloodline um, violated me mm. at such a young age and took my innocence away. Mm. So this has come out this year and I'm, I'm still in the process of even understanding what I just did mm. and how major this is for me. Yeah. You know, um, so the last major point that I want to touch on is what healing looks like for us now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what like this is it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It happened. Um so how do we move how forward? do we move forward? What does that look like for us? So mm-hmm. what does that look like for you, Brittany? You know, honestly, and before I touch on that, because obviously I know this is gonna be aired and so I wanna make a correction to um who I came out to first. Okay. Listening to you speak, it literally reminded me that I actually spoke about my situation to one of my closest friends, Xavier, first. Oh, really? She was the very first person I told. And from there, I gained the courage to tell my mom. So she was actually the very first person I told. At the same age? Or were you younger when you told Shabby? No, I was. Hmm, I was probably like no. I was the same age okay. of when I told my mom. Okay. Yeah, so, so I'm still 23. Yeah, okay. it was the same okay. year. It was the same year. I was 23. Had just come back from LA. We were sitting in a parking lot at the Pearland Town Center, and oh. that's when I told her. So I just wanted to make that clarification, just yeah. in case she listens and she's like, "No, you did not you tell your mom." <laughs> yeah, you know. So, so okay. yeah, I wanted to make that clarification. But what does healing, healing look like for you yes, now healing. that you're 30 and? And, you know, what like what do you see yourself doing and implementing in your daily routines and what do you want for yourself? What are your future goals? And yeah, so healing for me looks like endless possibilities, like it looks like peace. It looks like 
perseverance you Mm, know mm -hmm. I feel like I've endured so much as a young lady that I truly want to be at peace with forgiveness in my heart Mm. on my own terms though I want to be so untouchable with the negativity or with my PTSD or triggers or whatever you'd like to reference them as. I want to be so untouchable in a way that I always have the control. So ultimately, I think it's important that one, we acknowledge what has happened to us, which we've gotten past that stage. And then two, we're still figuring out how to navigate. We're still figuring out what healing looks like. But I know my overall end goal is to take back what was stolen from me the 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 heartaches the suffering in silence the feeling like I'm drowning in my own tears the sleepless nights all of those things I want to be able to take back and unify it in a way where I just continue to build and build and make myself stronger mentally physically spiritually and emotionally I want to walk so divinely that God is allowing me to know that what happened to me was very unfortunate But I am an overcomer and I will no longer label myself as a victim or continue to operate in a victim mentality. Mm. Yes, I can have my days where I allow myself to feel, but I never want to pick up and live in my sadness. I always want to have the strength to revisit the place that's literally going to get me to the next chapter. That's going to elevate me and aid in my evolution, you know? And so um, healing just looks like giving myself grace taking things one day at a time and aiming to be the best version of my of myself that I can possibly be while operating from a space of just love. Yeah. You know? I love that. Yeah. And what advice, what's one word of advice that you would give someone out there who's listening mm. who is also suffering from the ramifications of being abused as a child? Hmm. That's kind of difficult because there are so many things I would want to tell them, right? But um, I think one of the most important things that I would want them to know is that your voice is so very important. Your voice is so very powerful. And your story is just as important and it should be told. So for anyone who struggled like I did, I mean, holding something in for 17 years is not easy. And yeah. so if you haven't spoken up, Give yourself some grace. Take the day one day at a time. But I think the start of acknowledging and addressing the womb is talking about it. So I would definitely just encourage anybody who's endured that level of abuse or just any type of abuse to talk about it at your own pace, of course. But once you talk about it, resonate with it, sit with it, dissect it and figure out how you can take back your power and your control so that you are the writer of your story and you're not allowing somebody else to write it. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you so much for having me, Yasmin. Yes. Like this is this was amazing. I'm honored and yeah, I'm just so happy. And um let everyone know where they can find you on social media. If they like yeah. you know, if they want to connect with you. Of course. So um on Instagram, you guys can find me at intellect with B. That's I N T E L L E C T. T W I T H B intellect with B. And so um, I am on Instagram. I plan to revamp my Instagram and I'll be having a lot of special stuff coming out soon there. And then I'm also on TikTok right now. My handle is sincerely King B, but that is only until I can change it back to <laughs> intellect with B. So all of my handles, you'll be able to find me at intellect with B. And I will put it in the show notes for people just in case they didn't hear her. <laughs> oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys so much for tuning in please be sure to subscribe rate review and share 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 as many times as possible yes next week's episode will be airing on sunday october 8th and it's titled in defense of the toxic woman great it's gonna be juicy so please be sure to tune in thank you you guys guys so much (laughs) bye-bye bye thanks so much for having me